Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in learning more about the world of Ayurveda and Ayurvedic cooking, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a certified nutritional consultant, educator, entrepreneur, and plant-based chef. But before I introduce you to Divya Alter, the founder, along with her husband, of Divya's Kitchen in New York City, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's newsletter that features career advice, insights, and inspiration no matter what industry you're interested in and no matter what your major. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Divya Alter, a certified nutritional consultant, educator, entrepreneur, and chef in the Shaka Vansia Ayurvedic tradition. In 2016, Divya and her husband Prentice founded Divya's Kitchen, which is a plant-based restaurant in New York City that reimagines classic dishes through an Ayurvedic lens. Divya's brand has since expanded to include a line of plant-based retail food products, which I've just ordered, and educational videos. She is the co-founder of Bhagavad Life, which is a nonprofit culinary school that offers online cooking classes, as well as an Ayurvedic chef certification program. And last but certainly not least, Divya is the author of What to Eat for How You Feel, The New Ayurvedic Kitchen, a book that I have myself and have cooked from and love. And her brand new cookbook just published. It is the end of September 2022, as we're doing this interview, entitled Joy of Balance, an Ayurvedic Guide to Cooking with Healing Ingredients. And Divya has a masterclass that you are welcome to take. And frankly, you can get a 15% off whatever you choose to order from Divya. And the code is Time for Coffee 15. Time for Coffee 15. If you're interested, I highly recommend you do this. It is not only something that will enrich your mind, but it will enrich your body, your soul, and your life. Divya, 
Welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Thank you so much, Andrea. I'm speechless by this introduction, but thank you so much for having me. I am full of energy without coffee. Um, and I know you're going to ask me about it, but I'm very happy to be with you today. Oh my gosh. It is such a pleasure and an honor to have this opportunity, Divya. And as you were, you and I were chatting before we started recording, you explained to me based on Ayurvedic principles that coffee and you just are not in harmony. Yes. Somehow my body cannot tolerate not just coffee, but any kind of caffeine. I start literally shaking and trembling. It's some kind of a reaction. So my body doesn't like coffee and I run a natural energy, which is kind of a blessing. <laughs> to me, like not being caffeinated, it's, it feels like not having a credit card. It's like I use exactly the amount of money that I have. <laughs> it's beautiful. And actually having energy, and we'll get into this as we dive more into Ayurveda, but having energy feeling energized is a sign of health. For sure. Yes. But it doesn't mean that coffee is bad, right? So Ayurveda, which is the ancient healing system of India, explains that everything in nature, every ingredient, every food, every herb can be use useful, can be good for somebody, can be bad for somebody. So in, in the case of coffee or caffeine, coffee is great for you and not so good for me. So that's the personalized approach to health that Ayurveda presents. It's what's the best, what's the healthiest food lifestyle for you? Yes. So before we get into that, I want to ask you, because we are doing this interview, it's still the morning. We have 12 more minutes <laughs> before it's noon. Do you have a morning routine? How do you like to get your day started, Divya? Do you have a particular practice that you like to follow? Yes, definitely, because I'm very busy with everything that we do. And I have to be disciplined. I have to have a routine. I have to have a schedule just to kind of keep me sane and try and keep my mind focused because I can get distracted so easily. <laughs> and not get things done. So usually when I get up, I try to get up as early as possible before sunrise. And before I get out of bed, I usually visualize what's ahead of me. I also visualize, I say a little prayer of gratitude to be alive <laughs> and, to, and to be of service, really, and kind of bring my mind to what's ahead of me today. And then I have my little Ayurvedic cleansing routine. It's, it's not just brushing teeth and also scraping the tongue, which is an Ayurvedic practice, but kind of cleansing all the senses in the body. And I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> but then usually, I don't, again, I cannot drink caffeine. My first, the first thing that I drink in the morning is a small glass of boiled water. So it's hot water. And today, I mean, these days, because it's kind of a fall season and it's good to do a gentle detox, I add a little bit of zeolite powder to my water. What is it called? Zeolite. Are you familiar with zeolite? No, I'm not. It's like a clay powder and it's very rich in minerals and it has a wonderful binding effect for toxins. That's very gentle on the stomach. 
I make a little drink with, I mean, you should check it out. It's, it's good for almost everybody. I'm so, going to order it. <laughs> I'm going to order it. That's my morning drink. And it's, it feels actually really good because it just the natural detox helps lighten the body and energize it. It also clears your skin beautifully. So. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, I'll include a link to whatever site I can find that offers zeolite powder. Yeah, it's available in many places. And I usually do at least 30 minutes of um, exercise routine. And then I do my meditation. There's so many things I want to do in the morning, Andrea. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you leave meditation for the end. Well, I like to do meditation in a kind of clarified state of mind and body. So yeah, I usually exercise, shower, and then meditate. Fantastic. Well, and thank you. Breakfast. And then you cook <laughs> breakfast. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I also want to give a shout out to my wonderful friend, Stephen Shalowitz, who made this interview possible. In recent weeks, Stephen did a fantastic interview with you, Divya, on his amazing podcast called The One-Way Ticket Show, in which guests can share where they'd like to go if they had a one-way ticket to go anywhere, real or imagined. And it was such a beautiful interview. I enjoyed it tremendously. And I just am so grateful to Stephen for connecting me with you. Yes, me too. I love Stephen. He's, he's a beautiful a human. He's a gem. And I love his podcast. And just as Stephen began his interview with you, Divya, by asking you to explain what Ayurveda is, you mentioned that it's an ancient healing tradition in India. But if you could elaborate just a bit on it and help our listeners understand specifically what the SV Ayurveda practice that you follow, the specific healing protocols in Shaka Vansia Ayurveda are. Yes, Ayurveda is the traditional healing system of India. So just like China has Chinese medicine, <laughs> the ancient uh, medicine of India is called Ayurveda. And the goal of Ayurveda is to, first of all, to help us understand what our nature is, like who are we as spirit, if you will, but also body, mind, to really understand our unique constitution and then understand nature around us. And then how Ayurveda helps us maintain harmony between ourselves and nature around us, balance and harmony. And I love it because it's such an intuitive science. It's so easy to understand, even though it's very complicated. There, like Books have been written for thousands of years on Ayurveda, but it's very easy to follow because it's very intuitive. And if anybody's looking for a career that's uh, like a kind of profession that's being around for thousands of years, <laughs> are you like doing any kind of practice related to Ayurveda will be one of those options because Ayurveda has been around for a long time and it's here to stay. It presents universal principles that are still applicable to us today. And what specifically is Shaka Vansya Ayurveda? How is it? different from general Ayurveda? Just like with yoga, there are different lineages of Ayurveda. 
right? So Shakavansia Ayurveda is just one of those ancient lineages and Indologists have been able to trace it back to more than 5,000 years. So you can actually see the lineage of teachers and masters who have handed down the tradition. And I was fortunate to meet the successor of this lineage, Dr. Ramakant Mishra or Vaidya Ramakant Mishra. And he really changed my health around, but he also, he really inspired me to study Ayurveda and to make it part of my life. So what you see today that we present, it all stemmed, the spark came from him. Unfortunately, he passed away, but the tradition continues to live. And the Shakavansia Ayurveda tradition is unique in a way that is very attuned to our Western conditioning and the circumstances we live in today. Because you may say, oh, well, these Ayurvedic texts were written thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago. So how are they relevant today? We have different climate, we have different environment, environmental challenges, the food we eat is different. How is that? So Vaidya Mishra was able to really understand our challenges today and then teach us how to apply them, those ancient principles to work for us today, uh, including application of medicine or or herbs, herbal medicine, and cooking. So I've learned so much about Ayurvedic cooking from him because he was a great cook and he taught many cooking classes. You mentioned that even though it's complicated, it's intuitive in certain ways. Could you give us an example? Yes. So for example, one of the principles of Ayurveda is, I call it the golden rule of balance. And that's that Energies of like, like increases like. So energies, same energies increase. And we always balance with the opposite. For example, when it comes to choosing what food is best for you right now, first connect with yourself. So how do you feel right now? Do you feel cold? And your hands and feet are kind of cold and your circulation is a little off. Do you feel kind of high strung and really distracted and anxious and overwhelmed? If you feel that way, then don't eat cold foods because like increases like. Don't, don't have those ice cold beverages and smoothies and anything, salads and anything that's very cold because it will only increase that energy of discomfort in, in you. Balance with the opposite. So you, if you feel cold, having a hot soup or a stew makes so much more sense, right? So that's a very, and that's intuitive. Now, Andrew, we follow this with our clothing, right? It's getting cold now, it's fall season, getting cold, we're getting our jackets out and the scarves and the long pants and packing away the shorts and the tanks <laughs> from the summer. I'm so well, sad about that. But anyway, let's... <laughs> <laughs> but we follow this intuitively with our clothing, but somehow in our culture today, we're not trained to do that with food. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching people with these simple principles. It's like, oh, oh yeah, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. I feel cold, let me have some warm food. If I feel very hot, then that cold smoothie and the celery juice may be balancing for you. So that's the idea. Like increases like and opposites balance. Very simple principle that anybody can follow. In the preface to your wonderful best-selling first cookbook, What to Eat for How You Feel. You shared that you'd grown up during communist times 
in Bulgaria, a time when the government was monitoring anything spiritual or religious, frankly, just about anything. And yet you were hungering during this time as a high schooler for answers to your life's purpose. And this was even as a teenager, asking questions like, who am I? What is life all about? And we should also let our listeners know, and I know that you're comfortable talking about your age because you shared it in the the One Way Ticket Show interview. So this was, this was like 30 plus years ago, you're 50 now. And I mentioned this youthful age because this was pre-internet pre-social media, pre-cell phones or texting. So how and when did you discover Ayurveda? I came to Ayurveda through yoga, through the yoga ashram, which I ultimately joined, interned, studied, at, learned how to cook <laughs> there. And then I really wanted to connect with the roots of yoga. I went to study in India. I went to India to study to Vrindavan, which I discussed with Stephen on the one-way ticket show. (laughs) So I studied many things there. And every time I would get sick, the local doctor was an Ayurvedic doctor. Because even even today, Ayurveda is very, very common in India. Almost every village will have an Ayurvedic doctor. What to speak of the cities. So, and I was getting sick quite a bit because... It was so hot or so humid and what I was eating maybe wasn't right. So the doctor always told me, like, he didn't just give me the herbs to take. He said, here are, here, here's the list of food that I want you to avoid. These foods are good in general, but they're not good for you right now. And then he would say, and these foods I, I want you to avoid because you cannot handle them. You cannot digest them right now. So again, what's good for you or not good for you? It depends. (laughs) It depends on your condition. It depends on your age and so many factors. And I was so impressed by how Ayurveda worked for me then, just like as a patient. Then I started studying with this local doctor. And later on, when I came to the United States, I made Vaidhi Mishra and I, I really made a commitment to, because the positive effects of applying Ayurveda to my life, teaching it to others and seeing how they benefited from it really inspired me to make Ayurvedic cooking and education, especially food education, my career path. So what's really important that I just want to underscore here for our listeners, because this is not the way that most Americans, unless they're South Asian Americans, are raised. Maybe Asian Americans to a certain extent. And as somebody who has lived many years in Asia, I did benefit from this and specifically with Chinese medicine because I lived in China twice and studied Chinese and Asian studies. So I I get that. But we don't explicitly say in this country that food is actually medicine. So here you are going to an Ayurvedic doctor who was prescribing some herbs for you, but as part of the prescription, he was also prescribing foods. Yes. He told me, if you don't change your diet, the medicine is not going to work for you. 
He said, you can have all the herbs, the best herbs you, you want and the best doctor you can have. But if you don't change your diet, you will not become 100% better. And especially in this country, Divya, as you well know, you've lived here now nine years or more. 17 years. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> 17 years. My math is terrible. 17 years. You know that we go to doctors in this country who just prescribe. They just give you this antibiotic or that drug. And there's usually zero mention of your diet other than to say, eat low fat, moderation in everything, you know, don't eat too many cookies, don't this, but we, we don't learn that food is medicine. Yeah, exactly. But you can't blame the doctors because they're not trained to do that. So modern medicine, of course, has is a big part of our lives, but, but using food as medicine and especially understanding how food can be medicine. The only explanations, detailed explanations that I have found so far is through Ayurveda. Chinese medicine has a little bit, but almost nobody teaches the Chinese approach to diet. And then the only detailed explanation of how exactly food can be used is medicine for you. Because again, coffee is medicine for you. It's not medicine for me, right? So how, how the personal approach to using food as medicine, I've only found, found it through Ayurveda. I'm still searching. I'm, maybe there are more, more, more knowledge out there, but the most detailed one is through Ayurveda. That's, and that's what I teach. That, that's why I love teaching because it's such a life-changing knowledge. And not just for you, but for, you, for your family also understanding how to use food depending on how you feel. So literally what to eat for how you feel. That's a good title for a book. No, kidding. All right. So could you elaborate on how Ayurveda looks at food as combinations of the five physical elements and how those elements interact with the same elements and qualities in our physiology, in the makeup of our bodies? So when you look at nature, you can break down the entire creation to five physical elements. Or it's actually, it's more accurate to call them states of matter. So these are earth, water, fire, air, and ether or space. So state of matter in the sense that earth represents solidity in nature. So anything that's solid would have the earth element. Water represents the fluidity in nature. So it's not just the H2O, water. It's anything that's fluid would have that water element in it. And fire represents um, anything that produces heat and transforms. So, and then uh, air and ether as well. So these five elements are the building blocks of everything in nature, including our bodies. And Ayurveda explains that the combination of these elements make the, th the three, they're called like bioelemental energies. They're called dosha, dosha in, in Sanskrit, in Ayurveda. So the combination of, of earth and water constitutes kapha dosha, and that's the earthy nature. So all the earth, like the bones, the muscles, the fats, uh, this, all the solid parts of the body, which is most of it, <laughs> that's kapha. And all the fluids, all the fluids in the body are also kapha, the earthy energy. 
And then the combination of fire with a little bit of fluidity, water, is called pitta dosha. And that's the principle, the energy of metabolism and transformation, digestion. So that's the fiery element that transforms everything, including our thoughts. <laughs> and then the combination of air and space elements in Ayurveda is called vata dosha. And Air governs all circulation, breathing, all the airflow in the body, uh, elimination, all movement. Without air, we wouldn't be able to move. And space governs everything in between the, the empty spaces in the body. It also governs the mind. So vata dosha also has an effect on our mind. So when our mind is racing too much, your vata is very high. You need to slow down and drown yourself. So these are the five elements and the three doshas. And then from there, again, by applying the principle of like increases like and opposites balance, you can select not just the food, but also your lifestyle. You can select your career based on your dosha. So for example, people who are more pitta, who are more fiery by nature, they tend to be leaders right? They're the people who are very ambitious. They have a drive. They like to get things done. They can be very intense if they're, if they go in the other balance. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm sorry. I do have a lot of fire. <laughs> I know these are the people who always have so much energy. They almost don't know what to do with it. They have to learn how to channel it. They also tend to have very precise minds, which in the negative side, it, they can be too critical. They can go, if they don't control themselves, they can become too critical. But they look for precisions that they can find mistakes, like they're perfectionists. <laughs> so, um, and then a Kafa career person is the person who is slow but steady. So they take a little longer to learn the skill or the knowledge or whatever they're doing. But once they learn it, they're very steady. So the Kafa kind of employee or team member would be a person who you can always rely on. They're the kind of people who are like, don't worry, we'll make that happen. They kind of, they pacify you. <laughs> they keep you going. They're very loving and more calm. So they bring calmness into the group. They have to be careful with their deadlines because they tend to procrastinate if, if they don't, you know, they need a little push to be on time. And then somebody who is more about the nature a team member, they would be, they would be the, the creative force of the team because Vata governs creativity and intuition. They'll come and they'll have all these ideas and let's do this and we could do this and that and all the artistic side, get everybody excited. The problem with Vata is that they run out of energy very quickly. <laughs> so they have to be careful, you know, to kind of harness the energy and use it up. But usually they're, they're the starters of the team. That's beautiful. So this is just an example. I love that. I love that. And I know as well that we all have all three doshas, but you will have a, a more dominant dosha. Yes. And that, yes. Will, that will determine your body type. So, so somebody who is more kapha predominant, because earth and water are two heavy elements right? They have more earthiness in their body. So they tend to, tend to be more rounded. They, they have the rounded kind of beauty. And they have very beautiful, luscious hair and skin and lips. They were very beautiful, actually. So, but they, the problem for them is that they tend to 
gain weight faster. So when they're under stress, they gain weight very quickly. Or water retention could be another problem. And then somebody who is more pitta, they're usually in the middle, they're muscular. Pittas like to exercise, <laughs> to use all that energy <laughs> and medium build. And then for somebody who is predominantly vata constitution, they will have more slender bodies. So by nature, they're skinnier. For them, when they're under stress, they actually lose weight. They become underweight and it becomes more difficult for them to gain weight. So it's, this is how we're all different. And I love Ayurveda because it actually helps me appreciate the differences of everybody. Instead of judging, it's like, oh, this person is like this, this person is like that. It's like, oh, wow, this is Vata, this beautiful display. <laughs> that I, it helps me understand people's nature so that I can also relate to them better and understand their needs, their challenges, and have better relationships that way. This is the empathy and compassion that you have that is on display here so beautifully. So could you share, Divya, how you have chosen to organize your new cookbook, The Joy of Balance, An Ayurvedic Guide to Cooking with Healing Ingredients? And why did you want to write this book? I decided to write the book because... First of all, as an offering to my readers, because they kept asking for more. Uh, and also my students, especially our culinary students that hundreds of them now that have taken our like six to nine month culinary program. And it really is an offering of, of my love and gratitude to all of them. And then my readers kept saying, we cooked all your recipes so much. We need something more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also our our guests at Divis Kitchen at our restaurant, because so often people will be like, oh my God, these pecan chocolate chip cookies are so good. And I can't believe they're vegan and gluten-free and they're so delicious. Can you give me the recipe? And I would say, well, we don't share restaurant recipes, but it's coming in my new book. <laughs> so the many of, our of the recipes that we have on our current menu are in the new book as well. And... I organize, so Joy of Balance is organized by ingredient. The chapters, so we have chapters on grains, on lentils and beans, vegetables. And I organize it that way because that's how the ancient Sanskrit texts of Ayurveda describe food. So there is a, when you look at the Sanskrit text that the sages wrote so many, many, many years ago, there is a whole chapter on grains, a whole chapter on lentils and beans chapter on dairy, on different kinds of water even, on different types of vegetables. So I organized the book that way. And I profile a few, there's so many ingredients. I mean, I could, I could write volumes <laughs> on ingredient cookbooks, but I, I'm just giving a few examples. So for example, with vegetables, Ayurveda describes five or six different categories of vegetables, starting with leafy greens. And you know what's interesting about the Ayurvedic descriptions? They are always classified according from best to, I don't want to say worst, but from number one to number five or six, for example, would be according to how easy it is to digest. So leafy greens are considered the easiest vegetables to digest. And they are listed first. So I explain in general about leafy greens and different types, cooking tips, digestion tips, sourcing, seasonality, 
when to eat them, when not to eat them. <laughs> What's the best way to absorb the nutrients? And then I give you a recipe for a few recipes for that I use leafy greens. For example, I have the famous Indian dish, creamy spinach with fresh cheese called palak paneer, which you can also easily make vegan with vegan cheese, for example. I have a steamed kale salad so or cabbage. Cabbage falls into leafy greens. And I have this really one of my favorite festive holiday recipes is uh, stuffed cabbage rolls. This brings me all the way back to my childhood in Bulgaria. So yeah, so learning, for example, about millet. There's many different types of millet. And I don't think millet is a grain that we use so much in the United States. It's very popular in India and in other cultures, but millet has amazing properties for building your bones. It's very rich in calcium and you can use it topically for fractured bones or you can eat it. Uh, and also it has amazing benefits for cleansing the channels in the body. So millet has a scraping effect. And it scrapes stuff that, like a sludge that's stuck in our, in our intestines that needs to get out. So millet can scrape that. So these are amazing properties that millet can help us with. But is it for everybody all the time? No, because millet also creates a lot of dryness in the body. So if you eat too much millet, you end up with very dry skin or even constipation like that. So knowing when to use an ingredient, when to put it on your plate. <laughs> And when to keep it on the shelf. That's what the book is all about. Fantastic. So in your books, you have written about the importance of developing, and I love this concept, a conscious relationship with food. And you make clear that the recipes you're sharing are about health and healing. What does that conscious relationship look like, Divya? How does it show up? And is it another way of saying that food can become a catalyst for spiritual awakening? Yes, for sure. Relationship requires knowing each other, right? If I have a relationship with you, I want to get to know you. If I want to deepen my relationship with you, I want to get to know you. I want to know what your character is, what your qualities are, what do you like, what you don't like, what's your past, what's your aspiration for the future, what's your present. I want to know everything about you. And the same, the same with uh, the other way around. So the more we understand um, ingredients and food, the more we can deepen our relationship with it. And to me, food is not just something that I do because I get hungry and I have to fill my belly. To me, food is, I look at food as a companion, life companion, as a friend <laughs> who is there to support me, to give me the health and the energy that I need to do what I'm meant to do in this life, to follow my life's purpose. So in this sense, food can become a catalyst for spiritual awakening because Different ingredients, different foods also has a subtle energy on the mind and consciousness as well. So some foods can kind of clear our consciousness and some foods can kind of muddle it up. <laughs> so for spiritual awakening, we want to have more clear consciousness. So for many years, food was my enemy because I didn't know. 
Like I had so, I had an autoimmune disease. I had so many digestive reactions. I would eat something and I would get a reaction and then I would eat something else. And I kept eliminating, eliminating, eliminating foods from my diet. And at some point I was like, I don't know what to eat anymore. If food became like, I associated food with suffering and misery. And I didn't look forward to eating. <laughs> Even though I was a good, I was a trained cook, I was cooking, but I was like, I, I just don't want to eat. There was no pleasure there. And once I healed and how I healed, again, food was my main healing catalyst and companion, a companion because I started eating the foods that were right for me and avoiding the foods that were not. And I also learned how to prepare them in the way that supported my healing. And I healed my relationship with food. So from an enemy, it become, became my friend. <laughs> And now it became my, my business partner in a sense, because I, I'm in the food business now. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. You know, there's, there's a wonderful quote that has been attributed to a man who is a renowned author. He's the one that developed the archetypal hero. And of course, his name is escaping me at this second, but I will think of it and come back to it. But the quote is, the treasure you seek lies in the cave you fear to enter. So it, Joseph Campbell is the name. Okay. So often it's when we face our fears, when we find the courage to move through pain and face down our fears that the universe delivers. So let's talk about how the universe has been delivering for you, Divya. On the professional side, you mentioned your purpose, finding your purpose through Ayurveda. And you've had to pay the bills, right? <laughs> so how have you done that? How has Ayurveda, and what was that first step that helped you begin to turn this into your profession. Do you remember what your first paying job was? Not the unpaid internship in the ashram, but the first paying job and how you got it. Yes. Well, in, in terms of cooking and food, I, I started teaching cooking classes. When we moved to New York City, we first lived and, and stayed at the Bhakti Center. It's like a cultural, spiritual center right above Devi's Kitchen. And it was like, okay, what are we going to do? And they said, well, why don't you're an amazing cook? Why don't you teach cooking classes? And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I, why not? Never tried that. Let me try it. So <laughs> I learned that that was a lesson to learn because I felt a little intimidated in the beginning. I was like, who am I to teach cooking classes? But then I realized that it's in the teaching that I will learn the most. So in teaching, I will learn the most. So I was like, okay, yeah, let me try. <laughs> and the first class had four people. The second class had eight people. And then within three months, we had 500 people registered for our classes. And we had to add more classes. I had to train more teachers. And all of a sudden, people, I mean, there was such an interest in the way I was presenting Ayurveda cooking, not just as some obscure ancient way of eating, but just simple, delicious, healthy food. That's what Ayurvedic cooking is all about. So, and I, I really enjoy teaching. I really light up <laughs> when, when I teach. And then we created a culinary training and then I was asked to write a cookbook. And that's 
that's a business lesson that I've learned is never say no. It's like, if you're asked to do something, if you're called to do it, if you feel inspired to do something, try, try doing it because you'll most probably succeed. Now I'm from Bulgaria. English is my, English is my, not even second language is my third language. And I was thinking, I have to write a book in English. <laughs> but I, dis- I took a few writing lessons, but I discovered that I really enjoy writing and I enjoy the research part of it. And I've written both of my books. I don't have ghostwriters. I've written both of them. And I was like, wow, this is possible <laughs> for a Bulgarian girl from a communist uh, country to write a book in English on Ayurvedic cooking. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. When I was trying to page through it as you were chatting here, but when did What to Eat for How You Feel come out? The first edition came out in 2017, in April 2017. And it's, um, it's in ninth edition now. And this was like a few months after we opened our restaurant, Divi's Kitchen. And that was another thing. We were like, because to open a restaurant, you don't just have to be a good cook. <laughs> it's a whole business. It, it, it's a complicated project. So all respect and love and gratitude to my husband, Prentice, because he's the business-minded person in our relationship. I'm the creative person, and he makes sure that it works as a business. Teamwork. Well, speaking of the business, because shortly after Divya's Kitchen opened in 2016, it was named and it was the first Ayurvedic restaurant in New York City, which is shocking to me to think that in a city as large as New York, there hadn't been an Ayurvedic restaurant before, but it landed on Open Table's 50 Best Restaurants for Vegetarians in America. It was named the best healthy restaurant in Manhattan and the tri-state area. And it joined the list of 10 best overall restaurants in New York City, which is an incredible accomplishment considering it's plant-based cuisine, which wasn't really hip back in 2016. It's become much more so now. Yes. And we don't even serve alcohol. <laughs> so that was... <laughs> Well, there you go. That's all you need to say. We do serve really good organic coffee, freshly roasted and, and brewed. So we we do that. Beautiful. But I won't drink coffee at night. I, I'd have to eat there for breakfast. <laughs> Divya, I have a few questions that I try to ask all time for coffee guests as we get to the end of our interview. The first one is... If you could share the best career advice you've ever gotten, and it may well be to try it, to just try different things that you feel called to do, to step into that fear, whatever you may be feeling at that time. But I just want to put that question to you. I would say the best career and relationship advice that I've received was from my father-in-law, Nick, Nick Alter. And he told us that when we got married and we apply this to our business constantly is to always put the relationship first, put the relationship ahead of the problem. So that's really important. The relationship with people, put people ahead of things, put the relationship ahead of the problem, because it is the people that make the project. And at least in our case, our project is meant to serve people. 
and to benefit people. So there are always problems, <laughs> there are always difficulties, but always with my husband, when we have to make a decision, we'll be like, okay, this may look better financially in the short term, but it's going to break our relationship with this person in the long term. That's why we're not going to do it. So the personal relationships, most important to us. The next question is, if you could share a time in your professional life, you've talked about your health issues, which are on the personal side, but in your professional life, when you struggle, maybe even failed, And the most important part here, Divya, is how you persevered and if there was a lesson that you learned in the process. Yes, there have been many. (laughs) A more recent one happened exactly during the COVID lockdown. So we had to close the restaurant for a couple of months and we were also financially, we were like, we don't know if we can reopen. We don't know where this, how this is going to unfold. And it was a very, very difficult time for us. The way we came out from it is that we took a step back. It was great because it was a lockdown, there was nothing going on. So we kind of went internal with my husband and it was a time to align, realign ourselves with who we are, what we meant to do, our purpose, and what we really want to do. And this is when we gave birth to our retail product line. So we were like, okay, if people cannot come to Divis Kitchen, let's bring Divis Kitchen to people with our packaged product meals, with, with soup packets and kitchen packets and one, one pot meal. So during that time, I also started writing my new cookbook, which was released today, <laughs> Enjoy Your Balance. So, and the lesson that I learned is never be too shy, too afraid to ask for help. So even when you feel, oh, wow, this seems like an impossible task. I don't know if anybody cares. I don't know if anybody is there to help. Just ask for help. Ask anyway. You're not going to lose anything. And when we asked for help, the help came. It was in the last moment. We were in suspense and we were like praying and it's like, we don't know what's going to happen. But it came and it transformed our lives yet again. So don't be afraid to ask for help, but ask not in a demanding way, ask in a gracious way, in a humble and hopeful way, in a loving way. Such a beautiful lesson and so much wisdom in that. Thank you. Final question, Divya. If you could do it all over again, you're back in Bulgaria. During the communist era, but based on the wisdom you have now, what advice would you give that teenager when she graduated from high school regarding whether or not to go to college? And we should add a caveat here. You did study to become a kindergarten teacher for two years and then decided it was not for you and then went to volunteer in the ashram. So regarding whether to finish college or to intern at that underground ashram in Bulgaria? What would you do and why? Or what advice would you give and why? I would definitely choose the ashram again. I don't, I don't regret my decision for one moment. The advice I would give myself would be have confidence in yourself. Because that's what I struggled with, with for many years. 
I was so intimidated to speak publicly <laughs> or, or to just believe that I'm able to do, I'm meant to do this and I deserve to do this and I deserve to have these results. So I would say have confidence in myself and also depend on the divine, the, the divine intervention that's always there, the force, the divine force that's always be, beyond what we're meant to do. But I would do it all over again. And I would probably take a little better care of my health because I always tell young people who come to my classes, it's like, I wish I was your age when I, and to study the things that I'm teaching you now, because maybe I, it would have been a little easier for me. But still, at the age of 50, I feel so much better now than 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So it's never too late. <laughs> No, and your energy is so infectious, Divya. The joy just oozes out of every pore. And if that isn't enough of a testament as to why to learn Ayurvedic cooking, either through Divya's new cookbook, Joy of Balance, an Ayurvedic Guide to Cooking with Healthy Ingredients, to go to her wonderful restaurant in New York City, Adivya's Kitchen, which I'm so excited to try next month when I'm going to be in New York City. I just made the reservation. Or to take her online masterclass, cooking classes, which can be found at divyas.com. There will be links to all of this in show notes. D-I-V-Y-A-S, no apostrophe. D-I-V-Y-A-S dot com. I don't know what is. And by the way, I'm going to repeat this. There is a 15% off to Time for Coffee listeners at just put in this code when you go to divias.com. Time, the number four coffee, 15. You'll get 15% off. Divya, I want to thank you so much for bringing your beautiful spirit, your beautiful energy, and your humanity to this podcast and for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. This was beyond what I had imagined. Thank you, Andrew. Very kind of you. I, I'm very grateful and it was a pleasure speaking with you. And... I can't wait to, just to get to meet you when you come to this kitchen and anybody else who might be listening today. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.